Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Come on, Saturday night church, let's go. So excited to be in the house of God today. And what an honor it is to be here. Uh, we've got some first time guests in the room. Can we welcome them one more time? We've got joining us online as well. We're so glad that you came to Coast Life Church today. And I just love this song, declares the faithfulness of our God. And I think someone needs to hear that promise today. From the rising sun to the setting saint, great is your faithfulness to me. His faithfulness does not change. And someone in this room needed to hear those words today, and I hope that you felt encouraged with that song. Whatever you're walking through, he is with you, and he loves you. Come on, can we give praise to our God one more time? And you can be seated, you can take your seat. My name is Karina, and I have the honor of bringing the word today this week, and I'm so excited. I have a message stirring in my heart, and next month marks 10 years of me being at Coast Life Church, a decade, which I cannot believe. It's pretty crazy to be able to say that. I'm like, am I even old enough to say a decade? But I was started coming to Coast Life since I was 14 years old, and I have gone through a lot here and our pastors are so amazing because they've loved me through all the teenage years of my life hallelujah praise the lord and i just love the house of god i discovered my purpose here i found my amazing husband here he's playing behind me he's amazing and i wouldn't that wouldn't have been possible if our pastors never stepped out in faith and said you know what we're going to plant a church in a small town called venice florida and who knew that our paths would collide. And I'm just so glad that they did because my life has been forever impacted. I don't know where I would have been if it wasn't for the house of God. And it has changed my life. So today, can we give honor where honor is due? Can we honor our incredible pastors, Pastor Jason and Heidi, and their incredible kids, Jaden and Mackenzie. I love them so much. Just so grateful for who they are, the leadership that they have planted in my life, the impact they have made on my life, and just their consistency. They are men and women of God, and I'm proud. I'm so proud to call Coast Life Church my home. And, you know, just like making Coast Life home, my home church changed my life, I want to extend an invitation for you to do the same. We have growth track that happens first three weekends of the month, and this isn't another announcement or a plug that I had to make. I just feel so deep in my heart that we need to get planted, that we need to dig down deep roots in the house of God because this, this, the local church is going to change the world. This is the hope for the world and our world is full of turmoil and chaos, but this is the place where I come and I know that I can overcome anything that comes my way. And so today I wanna encourage someone, maybe you've been here for five minutes or five years, can you just take that next step Go to Growth Track. Today is uh, step three for us, which means you're joining team. 
And what an exciting step to take, to be a part of a team. You're not doing life alone. You're doing life together with other believers who believe in you. And you. so today, I want to encourage you. Maybe tomorrow you come back 11 o'clock um, and come to Growth Track because I know your life will look different a year from now. And maybe in a year you can come and tell me um, how your life has changed. I would love to hear that story. Um, but we are in a collection of talks titled The Summer Reading List. And Lady Richie kicked off the amazing message last weekend with Hearing God. I love her so much. She's my leader and my friend. And um, just, she always, anytime she opens her mouth, it's full of wisdom and truth. And I hope it blessed you. Um, but the next few weekends, we have some of our leaders coming up here. We're picking a book to preach from. And uh, we just hope. Our prayer is that the books that we preach on would draw you closer to Jesus and impact your relationship with him. And this weekend, I decided to pick a book called, I'm going to do a dramatic pause. Just kidding. The Unquenchable Worshipper by Matt Redman. And this book was actually written 21 years ago. So it's an oldie. But let me tell you, it is a goodie. I was only like three years old when the book was when it came out. But I have been reading it over the years, um, and it's about worship, and it has impacted my life in so many ways. And Matt Redman is a songwriter, and he is a worship leader. And so maybe some of you actually know his songs. You sing them over on the radio. If you're any Joy FM listeners in the room, yeah, okay, okay. Okay, ready? I'm going to try and do this on key. Let's see. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul, and worship His holy name. Sing like never before. It's too high. Oh, my soul, love it. I'll worship Your holy name. What a classic! We should bring that one back, huh? And then this other song that he wrote, oh, it brings me to my knees, you know? Every single time I sing it, I just want to cry. And it's, I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Another classic there. That's Matt Redman for you. And today we're going to talk about the heart of worship. We're going to talk about coming back to that place. And I just love this book because Matt takes each chapter and he dissects what different attributes of a worship leader and there's unsatisfied, the undignified worship leader, the undone worship leader, the unending worship leader. And you can read this book in one hour, literally. It's so small, but it's full of so many truths that have impacted my life. And so um, if you're, you have your Bible with you today, I want to open it to Acts 16, 16 through 26. And we'll read this together. Ready to read some Bible today? All right. So we're going to dive into some other uh, worship attributes, and I'm just excited to dig deep today together. So once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. 
She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed with her that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Talk about a really bad day. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. And I want to preach a message today titled, Midnight Hour. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that it goes beyond our ears and our eyes. God, it goes straight to the heart and it changes us. And so today, God, mold us and change us into the person that you want us to be through this message. God, may it not be my words. God, may it be you speaking through me today that eyes and ears would be open to receive everything that you have for them, Lord. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody set? Amen, amen, amen. So my husband and I, we have been married for three and a half years, which is crazy. Best three and a half years of my life. And we have been together for a total of five years, okay? So we've been dating for a year and a half, then we got married, and it's just been the best, you know? It's just been him and I. Oh, want to go on a date night? Sure. Oh, want to travel? Yeah, let's go. It's the do what you want when you want type of living, you know? And something inside of me wanted to ruin that by saying and asking him this question one day. I said, babe, I think it's time that we get a puppy, I know you all thought I was going to say a baby, a child, one day in Jesus' name, but right now it's like, okay, we got married, the next step is a puppy. And of course, he lives by the motto, you know, happy wife, happy life, so he's like, done, babe. Even though I don't think we're ready, but okay, let's do it. So we started puppy-proofing our house, right? We started buying all the toys, the treats, we bought a crate, we bought all the food, anything, clothes, whatever he wanted, we got it all for him. And little did I know what we were getting ourselves into. Now, I have a lot of great friends in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But only one of my friends actually sat me down and said, okay, sis, are you sure you're ready for this? I see how busy your life is. I don't think you're ready for this responsibility. And I, of course, shrugged her off and was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, we got this. But I really did not know what we were getting ourselves into because it was time to pick up our puppy, Arlo. And the first day that we had Arlo, can I just tell y'all that my house, my life became a disaster. Oh yeah, there he is. He's so cute. I love him. 
He's the cutest ever. Um, But don't let the cuteness fool you, okay? My morning routines went out the window. We were getting no sleep because we're waking up multiple times in the night to take him to go potty in the morning, middle of the night, again, 20 minutes later, then maybe three hours later, (laughs) and then we're up at 5 a.m., and then 7 a.m., then it's time for work, then I'm at work, and it's time to go take him out, so that's what I'm doing on my lunch breaks, and I'm coming home, and you know, just that cycle kept repeating, or we would try to potty train him, and we thought we could do it ourselves, so we didn't think we needed a trainer, but then we got a trainer, so, but he would tell us he needs to go potty, so we would take him out, and then he would just stare at us, and we're looking down at him, and he's staring at us, and we're looking down at him for a good 30 minutes. I'm late for work. I'm crying. I'm a mess, but he's cute, and he's wagging his tail, and he does not care, but we were exhausted. There were vet appointments, vet bills. Oh my gosh, all the things that you can imagine, and anytime anyone asks me, how's Arlo? I'm like, he's so great. I love him. I love him so much. I did love him. He was just really hard, very hard. We picked the runt of the litter, and little did I know that he was going to be a lot of work, a lot of work. And I'll never forget the second day we had Arlo. Yes, I said the second day. Ivan went off to work. He said he had to go in early. I was like, okay, sure. You just don't want to walk the dog. It's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, And it was just me and Arlo. And I remember I'm like, okay, I'm already 45 minutes late for work because you have to watch him 25-7, 25-8. 25-7 works too. 25-8, you have to watch him everything that he does, he just puts everything in his mouth. And, um, he, he, I have to take him to go to the bathroom and I'm late for work. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. You know, when you're in a rush, you don't make good decisions. And again, we go to the bathroom and he's staring at me and I'm staring at him and I'm like, please go to the bathroom. Please go to the bathroom. I have an important meeting I need to be at. And he's staring at me and then he starts biting me. So he's biting me and I'm like, bro, you can't bite me. Like, that's not nice. So then he's biting me. I start crying. I'm freaking out. I'm not having the best day ever. There's no one around to help me. I'm not even dressed yet, not even ready. And all of a sudden, I start having these thoughts of, oh no, I think we made the wrong decision. Day two, y'all. Day two. I'm like, we were not ready for this. I did not expect it to be this hard. And I don't know if we can do this. And I don't know if we can keep him. Now, I never told Ivan how I was really feeling. I just kind of, you know, sucked it up. And I was like, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And thankfully, I have a husband who always encourages me to push through the hard times because giving him up was absolutely out of the question. He's become my little best friend and it's gone easier over the days. But you know, it was just a big shock to us. It was just the two of us, no responsibilities. Then all of a sudden, there's this dog in our home who needs our full-time attention and we slowly and surely, it got easier and easier. We pushed through the late nights. We pushed through the sleepless nights and now we're slowly reaping the rewards of our incredible puppy, Arlo. And I know that a puppy is a very shallow example of what we all go through in our day-to-day lives, but isn't it so true of us humans to want to give up as soon as challenges come our way, right? We're like, okay, this is getting hard. I'm just going to throw in the towel. It's the easiest thing to do. I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to just not worry about this anymore. And um, when we do this in our situations, and usually it happens in our dark times, usually it happens in painful times or the confusing times, or I'd like to call midnight hour where we're like, I'm ready to give up. And we begin to question God. We begin to question if he really is for us. And it begins to affect our worship to him. 
But I don't know about you, but my prayer today is I don't want my worship to fail just because it's hard. I don't want my worship to fail just because I'm in a low season and I can't see the mountaintop. I don't want my worship to waver just because it's dark and I can't see what's in front of me. I want to worship God no matter what. And I think that's a prayer and that's the thing that God wants for all of us today. Come on, to be the kind of worshipers that don't allow our circumstances to stop us from lifting our hands and opening our mouths in response to all that he has done for us. Because worship isn't just about what happens here at church, right? We begin to separate the pew from the platform. We begin to say, okay, the worship's team doing their thing. We're just going to come in for church for a little bit, and then we're going to go home. Worship is love expressed. So that means worship is done with our life. And I love what Romans 12.1 says. Paul encourages us. He says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? He's like, what should be our response to all that God has done for us? And I'm so thankful he didn't just leave us hanging, but he said to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and to live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So Paul is telling us that worship isn't just what we do at church. Worship comes out of our life. Are we honoring God with our actions? Are we honoring God in our relationships? Are we honoring God in our households? Because the word worship means worth, right? It's what we, what we value. And when we, when we worship God, we're saying, God, you are worthy. And worship, I'm so thankful, it's more than just a melody. It's more than just a song. We are all worshipers in this place. We are all worship leaders. And every weekend when we come into this place, the worship leader is not leading us in the presence of God. We're already in the presence of God. We're just becoming aware of the presence of God. We are joining in with a song that's already been happening through all of eternity. That is what worship is. And I'm so thankful that the Bible is full of these worshipers. And we look at the, uh, the prophet Habakkuk. And even during tragedy and evil and so much injustice in the Old Testament, Habakkuk chose to respond to God's worth and he chose to worship him. He says in Habakkuk 3.17, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And is this verse true for us today? Do we worship God when we're walking through unforeseen circumstances or when relationships fail? Sometimes Sometimes even when the church hurts us or when the world is full of brokenness and injustice, it's very easy to say, I'm not going to worship. I think many times we find ourselves saying those things, right? We can say, you know what? I don't feel like worshiping today. I'm going to worship God when my circumstance changes or I'm going to worship when I want to. But today I'm here to remind you that worship is not about us. Worship is not for us. Even though I'm thankful that it brings me peace, I'm thankful that it brings me joy. Worship is for God. Worship is us saying, God, you are worthy no matter what. God, you deserve my praise no matter what. No matter what. I'm walking through, no matter how I'm feeling, he is worthy of our worship. 
And we see Paul and Silas give us examples of the three types of worshipers that Matt Redman lays out in his book. And the first one is the unquenchable worshiper. And unquenchable means something that is not capable of being satisfied, quenched, or discouraged. And when I think of this word, I imagine a fire that cannot be put out, right? I imagine a flame that just keeps burning and burning. No matter how much water you pour onto that flame, nothing can stop it. It remains. And that's the kind of worshiper that God is calling us to be. And Matt Redmond says in his book, this world is full of fragile loves, love that abandons, love that fades, love that divorces, and love that is self-seeking. But the unquenchable worshiper is different. From a heart so amazed by God and his wonders burns a love that will not be extinguished. It survives any situation and lives through any circumstance. It will not allow itself to be quenched, for that would heap insult on the love it lives in response to. How powerful is that statement? And Paul and Silas are great examples of unquenchable worshipers because we find them in the lowest I mean, how much lower can it get? They're in prison. They're locked up. They're beaten and bruised at midnight. And, you know, I was asking myself, I'm like, do I, do they, did they feel like worshiping in the prison cell? I probably not. They probably did not feel like doing nothing much in there. They're probably mad, right? They're probably like, why are we in here? What do we do to deserve to be in here? We're just preaching the good news. We're preaching the gospel. And this is what we get. We get thrown into prison. But this is what made them unquenchable. They refused to let anything diminish their worship, not even a prison cell. They begin to pray and sing hymns in the middle of the night. And then when they did their part, God did his because all of a sudden there's a violent earthquake and the foundations, not just their prison cell, the foundation of the entire prison was shaken and everybody's chains fell off. That's the power right there of an unquenchable worshiper. Because not only did Paul and Silas's chains come loose, but everyone's chains came loose in that cell. That's the power of the unquenchable worshiper. When someone that's walking through something so unforeseen and you see them lifting their hands, you see them continue to honor God with their life, and they're saying, God, I can't see in front of me. You deserve my worship. Not only are they impacted because their chains are falling off as well as your chains are falling off, and then everyone's chains are falling off because we are coming together to worship a God who does not change, who does not waver, and so can our worship be the same today not waver can our worship remain consistent in every season and that's the challenge I think that God has for for me today and maybe for some of you today because I question all the time right my feelings they're always there I don't feel like worshiping oh, I've had a bad day or maybe you are really walking through something. I know there's people, I know stories in this room of people that are walking through things. But God never changes. And so our worship for him should never change. And, you know, we want to become the unquenchable worshiper. But the other one that I think we need to become and we should strive to become is the undivided worshiper. And Matt Redmond says, every day, we come face to face with enticements to leave the highway of holiness and walk on other paths. But for a heart consumed with Jesus, all of those persuasions are seen for what they really are, empty and meaningless dead ends. Empty and meaningless dead ends. 
And the challenge for undivided worshipers is to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. Our hearts are constantly being distracted, pulled away. There's new distractions in every single corner fighting for our energy, fighting for our time. And it's so easy to be distracted. There's culture pulling us away. Our phones are filling up any empty space that we have in our schedule. We get so focused on our to-do list. And I even wonder, what is on your mind as you sit here in service now? Because sometimes, not only can our personal lives be divided, but sometimes we come into the presence of God carrying those distractions with us when we're supposed to be focused on Jesus. You know, we get distracted. We think, oh, what's the worship team doing? What are the lights doing? What does it sound like? What does it feel like in here? Should I sing along? Should I not sing along? Should I lift my hands? Should I not lift my hands? And we become fixated on the wrong things. And it causes a separation and a divide. But our prayer today should be to be an undivided worshiper. That no distraction can distract us from giving praise and honor to our God. Because the enemy wants us to be distracted so we don't worship God. But today we have the power to say no to the distraction. They're meaningless and they are dead ends, but our worship to God can remain. And our prayer should be, as David's was in Psalm 86, 11, he says, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And today I wonder what it would look like if we all came together every weekend and set aside our distractions and we were undivided in the presence of God, with one heart, one passion, lifting up, lifting up one name, the name of Jesus. Yes, we come into this room with different opinions, different backgrounds, we come from all different walks of life, but in the presence of God, we are united. In the presence of God, we are undivided worshipers. And how beautiful is the sound of a united, undivided church that's standing, joining in with the sound of heaven, glorifying God. And not only how beautiful is that sound, but how powerful is it? It breaks chains. It sets people free. It changes our circumstance. That's what an undivided worshiper is. And we find Paul and Silas in the prison cell, and I wonder, what would have happened if they were divided? Paul could have easily turned to Saul and said, okay, I think we should sing. I think we should pray. And Saul could have turned to him and been like, I think that's dumb. I think we need to drill our ways out of here somehow. I don't know. Figure out a way to get out of the prison cell. But they were divided, or they were undivided. They had the same vision. They were worshiping the same God. They were singing the same song, the same song united, undivided, and guess what happened? The walls fell down. And that's the power of an undivided worshiper because it makes you unstoppable. It makes you unstoppable. And that's the third worshiper that I believe we're strived, we should strive to be today. That is the unstoppable worshiper. And in this story, we continually to see that nothing got in the way of Paul and Silas singing and praying in the prison cell. The message version actually says that along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. Robust means strong and forceful. 
And I love this imagery because I would imagine it was dark in the prison cell and either Paul or Silas turn to each other and they're like, okay, there's no way out of here, but I know what we can do in the meantime. We can worship. They didn't have lyrics on the screen. They didn't have Google to look up which song they should sing. But if they did have Google, I think I know what song they would sing. Should I sing it? Hey. There is power in the name of Jesus. Sing it with me. And there is power in the name of Jesus. To what? Come on. Break every chain. I started way too high on that one. Yeah. That was great. That was beautiful. Yes. I think... I think that's the song that they were singing in the prison cell that night. Their souls knew what to do. They had sung this hymn multiple times before. They had it memorized in their heart. But this time, they were desperate to declare it. And they needed a way out of the prison cell, so they started to sing. And it goes on to say that the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears, probably because Paul and Silas didn't care who was there, who was around, who was watching. They didn't care how crazy they looked, and it probably sounded pretty bad, but they did not care. Their praise was so powerful that the other prisoners couldn't believe it, and I bet they probably started singing along as well. And that was the earthquake that shook the walls of that prison cell and set the prisoners free. The power of singing together, the power in that. That is why it's so important to come to church every weekend. Yes, I believe that God can meet you in your car. I believe God can meet you in your private time with him. But I believe that God also meets us when we come to church and we are singing the same song to the same God and we're declaring with hands lifted high and we're declaring with our mouths, worthy is the lamb. Holy, holy, holy. Because when that happens, we become an unstoppable force against the enemy and chains begin to fall. And so today, can we be an unstoppable church? Unstoppable. And it's not by our might and it's not by our power. You see, Paul and Silas, they weren't the ones that broke down the walls, right? It doesn't say that Paul and Silas were pushing against the prison cell. They were doing everything that they could. They were trying to unlock the the chains. No, they did what they knew what to do, and that was to worship, and God did what he knew to do, and that's to break chains, because we serve a God who breaks chains. And, you know, I've had just the honor of having um, incredible examples in my life of unstoppable worshipers. And my mom's side of the family actually lives in Ukraine, which a lot of you are aware that they're current, we're currently in a war. And this has been a very, very hard time for our family. As we don't know the outcome of the war, we currently don't even know what tomorrow will bring. There were many moments where we didn't know if our family was alive. We didn't know if they were safe. But while we have been worrying, they have been worshiping. My uncle is a pastor in one of the cities there, and he sent us a video of their church family seeking shelter in the church basement. Their homes, their safety, their belongings, gone. Some have even lost their family members. But here's a video of them praising God in the midst of a war. Мое имя, ты идешь, 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 ты идеш
They're singing. My name is written in the book of life. Hallelujah. That's what they're singing in the middle of a war when they have nothing. They have nothing left. That is their prayer. They said, you know what? We may not have anything, but we have God who has given us everything. And even in this moment, he is worthy of my praise. Even in the, in, in the basement, the church basement, bombs going everywhere, he is worthy of my worship. And today I'm declaring that my name is written in the book of life. My name is written in the book of life. Hallelujah. So many times our worship is affected by our circumstances. It's affected by what we walk through. And today you may be feeling like you're in a prison cell or maybe even in the middle of a war. God's calling us to be unstoppable, undivided, unquenchable worshipers. He's calling us to be consistent in our praise to him. And today I want to encourage someone who's walking through a hard time. Can I encourage you to worship? Can I encourage you to sing? Maybe you feel like you're an introvert. You're afraid to lift your hands. Worship is in our DNA. We were created to do it. We were created to lift our hands. And can I tell you the relief you will feel that you don't have to know what tomorrow brings, that you don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Our God is doing that. He's caring and he's holding your world right here in his hands. And you know, it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard to worship when it's hard. It's hard to continue to declare that God is good when you don't understand what you're walking through. But our prayer today is that we would still sing. And so let's stand all over the room. Doesn't mean that life's always gonna be easy. Doesn't mean that worship, just because I become undivided, unstoppable, unquenchable, that that means my life's gonna be perfect. You see, I have been a Christian my entire life, my whole life. I came out of the womb singing Matt Redman songs. But that doesn't mean that my life was perfect or still is perfect. I mess up every single day. But I had walked through a really difficult season a few years ago where I felt like Paul and Silas in the prison cell. But my prison didn't look like theirs. I was caught in the prison in my mind. I was chained to my anxiety and I had fear and worry. Those were my prison walls around me. I can't even tell you, I don't think I went a day without having anxiety attacks about anything and everything. I was terrified of the unknown. I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. 
I'd be so scared. There would be things that I would worry about that I did not need to worry about, things that were not important that I would make a big deal about. I would find myself alone at home having panic attacks that no one knew about because I thought that I had to be perfect and I thought that I had to keep it all in here. So I didn't let anybody in. I was isolated, I was alone, and I was anxious. It was crippling, crippling. It was lonely. And it was midnight, just like Paul and Silas. And there were a lot of moments where I questioned if God was for me. I questioned if God was with me. And I definitely questioned if I should worship him. I did not want to lift my hands. I did not want to open my mouth and sing that he was worthy because right now it didn't feel like he was even taking care of my tomorrow. But I look back and I see a perfect track record of my God coming through every single day. Every season that I walk through, when I lost friends, when I walk through hard seasons of losing my purpose and my calling, God met me right where I was at. And he said, I am with you, child. I am for you, but I want you to keep worshiping. And that day I declared worship was going to be my weapon. Worship is my weapon. And worship is your weapon today. You may not feel like you have an armor on or the proper tools for battle, but today you have your hands and we have our mouths and that is enough for him today. And so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna worship with our mouths. We're gonna declare that he is good no matter what. And can I tell you that the walls began to break and the light slowly became to come through and I shared my testimony to people that were struggling with anxiety. They experienced their freedom as well because that's the power of our testimony. And today, share your testimony, share what you're walking through because not only is it gonna break your chains, but it's gonna break the chains of the people around you. Do we believe that promise today in this place? And when we worship, the Bible says that we worship in spirit and in truth. And so when you receive salvation, you decide to follow Jesus. The Bible says that we receive the Holy Spirit. And it allows us and enables us to pray. But I love that it allows us and enables us to pray when we don't know how to. Or when we don't have the words to pray. Or to worship. The Holy Spirit worships for us when we don't have the words to sing because we're walking through such a hard season. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 26, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our worldless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. And that's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God is working for your good today. If you have aching groans, if you, if you can't even let the words out, if you don't even want to sing, can I tell you, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you that does it for you. Just sing. Give your cries out to God. Even if your worship isn't perfect, he still wants it. We don't sing because we sing good. We sing because our God is good. 
and he's worthy of it. He's worthy of our praise. I'm going to say that over and over and over because our song in heaven is going to be holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's going to be our prayer for eternity, our song for eternity. And today, today I want to give an opportunity for someone to receive the spirit of God, to receive the Holy Spirit, to step into a new relationship with Jesus. And maybe today I'm talking to two groups of people. One is someone who's never heard of Jesus before. Or maybe you have and you just didn't feel ready to take that step. Can today be the day that you step into a relationship with him? God sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you. He didn't count the cost. He didn't calculate if you would be worth it. He even knew that you would sin yesterday, today, and forever. We're gonna sin every day. But he still sent his one and only son to die for you because you're worth it. And we've done nothing to deserve it. And today salvation's available to you. A new life with Jesus, a fresh start. Or maybe you're in this room and it's been a while. I wanna encourage you to take that step with him as well. To make a fresh start with God. To say, you know what? My worship has been burned out. My worship has been quenched. I'm, I feel discouraged. But I want to be unstoppable and undivided and unquenchable for Jesus because that's the love that Jesus had for you. His love was unquenchable and undivided, unstoppable. Nothing could have stopped him from going on the cross. Not your past, not your wrongdoings, your failures, your losses. His love for you is unquenchable. And he loves you and he's forgiven you. And that's why you can trust him today because he knows you better than you know yourself. And he wants to be in relationship with you. And today we're gonna pray a prayer. And for some of you, this might be the first time you're praying this prayer. You're not gonna pray it alone. Our church is gonna pray alongside with you. And today, if you're making a fresh start with God, it's been a while, this prayer is for you as well. We want you to say it from the depths of your heart. And don't worry who's around. Don't worry who's watching. This is for him, not for anyone else. And this is for you and your life because this will change your life. And so today, come on, can we pray this together? Bow your heads, close your eyes. We say, dear Jesus, today I choose you to be the leader and the Lord of my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I even place my future in your hands. Wash away my sins and make me a new person. I'm yours, Lord, totally surrendered. And I declare that I will never be the same. Come on, one more time. We say, I declare that I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said amen. Come on, keep it going. For everyone who's prayed that prayer, we're standing alongside you, believing that this is the best step you can take in your life. And today, now we just confess with our mouths, or we declared in our hearts, now we're going to confess with our mouths. We're going to say, you know what? 
that was me. I just made that decision. Because on the count of three, if you just made that decision, I want you to lift your hand and say, that was me. We want to know that we're, we want you to know that we're standing alongside you, that you are not alone. You're not walking through this thing alone. We're with you. And not only are we with you, but God is with you. God is for you. And you are now becoming an unstoppable, undivided, unquenchable worshiper for Jesus. And so come on, on the count of three, let faith rise in this place. Come on, one. I can hear the chains falling. Come on, two. The prison walls are falling down. Three. Come on, if you made that decision today, can you lift your hands? Come on, we're so excited. Yes. And come on, I want to be the first one to say welcome to the family of God. Let's worship our Heavenly Father today. Hey, thank you for joining us and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible. And you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening and God bless you.